Hey guys, I'm Diane. And I'm Kate. And welcome to Artwise. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about Frida Kahlo. Uh, Diane, do you know anything about Frida Kahlo? Um, I don't really know much about her personally. I've only learned about her, her through her art. And from what I've seen of her artwork, she seems kind of tortured and some of the emotions she was feeling were very tortured. So that's I, I don't know much, but that's what I know of her through her artwork. Yeah, her art is a little bit is a little spooky. Not gonna lie, I, <laughs> I, you you look at it and you go, oh oh geez, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Frida Kahlo was a Mexican painter, and she was mostly known for her many self portraits. Uh, and the way that she painted herself was with a unibrow and mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, if you think that you don't know who Frida Kahlo is, uh, you've probably seen some paintings by her before. You probably just didn't know her name. So she is the woman that paints herself with the unibrow and the mustache. Uh, although the unibrow was actually, and, and the mustache too, were, were both very dramatized in her paintings. A lot of people have, have said that in, in her real life, it was not nearly as prevalent as it looked uh, in her paintings. So that's something to note uh, about her. Yeah. Uh, and I also just want to point out, uh, I've actually gotten the chance to see her work in person. So I, I live in Tampa, Florida, and there is a art museum in St. Petersburg, like oh, an hour away, um, called the Dolly Museum. And it's, it's for Salvador Dolly. But sometimes they have other artists kind of like, as like a side type thing in uh, the museum. And I happened to go when Frida's work was on exhibit. So I got to see a lot of it in person and I got to have a docent kind of explain a lot of parts of her life to me. So I kind of thought that before going into this episode, I thought that I would know a lot more than I did, but the docent actually like glazed over a lot of really important things. Oh, dang. yeah, there are a lot. There's a lot here that I didn't even know, and I have always been a big Frana, fan of Frana. <laughs> I have always been a big fan of Frida. Um, I know, like she is, she's a bisexual queen. Yes, uh, we, we stand. Uh, and she a, a lot. She has a lot of a lot of fans. She's like a great artist. Um, she's she is one of the greats, and. You know, I just think that there is a lot here that I didn't know that I think everybody else should know because her life was unfortunately very tragic. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, it's very upsetting to make this, to research it. Every single single time I read something, I go, oh, man, poor Frida. (laughs) Man, yeah, she she had quite, quite the life, so... Uh, I'm going to get into it. Let's start from the very beginning. All right. So Frida Kahlo was born July 6, 1907. Uh, and her actual real full name is, uh, I I can't roll my R's. Her, again, she's Mexican. Um, I don't, the, the Spanish, I might, I'm going to sound really 
you know how I sound. So, <laughs> uh, her full name is Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo E. Calderon. I tried my best. I can't. Oh, you did good. That was good. Long name, too. <laughs> yeah, very long name. So, right off the bat, so that she was born again in 1907. Uh, six years later, when she was six years old, uh, she was actually diagnosed with polio. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Starting out great, right? Oh, Woo! No. Okay. Yeah, so she was diagnosed with polio, and uh, I know polio hasn't been around uh, much for quite some time, uh, but for those of you who don't know, polio is a virus that destroys nerve cells in the spinal cord, and it can cause paralysis and stunt growth and things like that. Um, So she was diagnosed with polio when she was six, and she was bedridden for nine months from the polio. Oh. Yeah, that's a long time. I know, especially when you're six. Nine months when you're six years old feels like your entire life. So oh I cannot. Yeah, I can't even. Uh, I can't even imagine. If I went through that when I was six, I would be like, "Mom, just kill me. <laughs> I, I can't go outside and play soccer. I, I cannot. I uh, can't do it." So, yeah. yeah after she recovered. Uh, she had to walk with a limp because her right leg and foot were damaged. So uh, from what I read, it made it seem like her right leg and and right foot were like skinny. So like her growth stunted. Mm -hmm. So like her her right leg was really skinny and her foot on the right side was much smaller because of course she was six years old. You know, your feet are still growing. Your legs are still growing. Your body's still growing a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, it stunted her growth. Um, while she had polio. So, yeah, um, after that, um, when she was going to school and stuff like that, uh, she attempted to hide her right leg and foot. She would wear double socks, try and, like, you know, wear shoes that were a little bit bigger than her foot actually was. She would wear long skirts, I know, baggy pants. Uh, And her, her classmates actually called her peg leg, peg leg Frida. Oh, geez. So I know it's so mean. I was like, I already don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Man, uh, it's so sad. I feel so bad for her. Yeah. Right. So then a few years later, I think she was about 15. She actually got the opportunity to attend um, the National Preparatory School in Mexico. So she was one of 35 girls to ever attend this school. So she was really smart, like insanely gifted for, for, you know. Cool. Yeah. Uh, And there were 2,000 students. So out of the 2,000, there were 35 girls and Frida was one of the 35 girls. Oh my gosh, for real? Like the rest of the yeah, it was like oh. a really, yeah, it was a fancy, fancy pants school you had to test into and women weren't smart back then. So, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, there was only 35 girls. Oh, good for Frida. <laughs> yeah, good for Frida. <laughs> so she actually wanted to study medicine. Um, so there was kind of at this point uh when she was in school there was this sort of mural movement going on and at her school um the national preparatory school in mexico 
uh, a mural artist named Diego Rivera actually painted a mural at her school. Um, but yeah, cool. so she actually wanted to study medicine. And after the mural movement sort of began and decided to take off, she decided that she really liked art and that maybe she wanted to create medical art for anatomy books because she just wanted to, you know, get into medicine and try and help people. And she was just very smart. And she, you know, had every intention of doing that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a rough start, but things started to pick back up, but then uh -oh. <laughs> this, this is the worst part of the whole thing. So September 25th, 1925, uh, when Frida was 18 years old, uh, her and her boyfriend at the time, his name was Alejandro, they get into a horrible bus accident. So they boarded the bus. Uh, I heard a story that that said that they got on the bus and then Frida was like, ah, oh, heck, I left my umbrella. And so they got off the bus and then they got on another bus. Oh, and no. That's, yeah, that's what I read. Um, so for disaster, yeah. Yeah, so this bus gets into like a horrible bus accident and the bus actually collided with a trolley car. Uh, several people on the bus died. Uh, Frida was horribly injured, horribly injured. Her, her injuries actually included a broken spinal column, broken collarbone, broken ribs, a broken pelvis, 11 fractures in her right leg, notably the same leg that had been, you know, um, affected by the polio. It was the same leg. Um, her foot was completely crushed and dislocated and a dislocated shoulder. Oh, no. I know. It's, uh, man, she, she, she really went through it, especially her early life. It's like one thing after another. I feel so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so upon the impact of the crash, an iron handrail actually went through her abdomen and her uterus. Oh. Uh, damn it. Yeah. That sounds as painful as it. The, I, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ooh. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing not because it's funny but because I don't I'm sorry no, I, I get it I get it I totally get it and uh the the handrail going through her uterus uh damaged her reproductive system and is what's believed to have caused I mean I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's safe to assume that's what caused her to be infertile later on in her life. Mm. Um, but yeah, and uh, she lived the rest of her life in extreme pain. She had 35 surgeries. Uh, mostly the surgeries were on her back, leg and foot, the, the right leg and the right foot that were affected the most. Uh, notably, though, her boyfriend at the time, not even a scratch on him. He was perfectly fine. Seriously? Yeah. Dude, dude walked out of there. It was, I, wow. I find that hard to believe. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that seems so unlikely to happen. That, yeah. That's bizarre. 
Yeah, so this accident, uh, I think it's safe to say that this accident was probably like one of those things that happens in your life and changes your entire life, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, if they would have, if she would have just said, oh, I don't need my umbrella, then her life would, we probably wouldn't even know who she is today if she had just you know, not even gotten on that bus in the mm -hmm. first place, which is crazy to think about the butterfly effect happening in Frida's life right now. I see, I'm like a very like neurotic, nervous person. And if something like that happened to me, I think I would think about it literally every day and not be able to get past it. Um, For but, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, after the crash, doctors thought that she would either just die or never walk again. Uh, but eventually she did recover. So while she was recovering, obviously, after something like that, she was bedridden uh, for quite some time. And she didn't have anything to do. Like, she was just in bed. So um, she really enjoyed art and murals and her family thought that it would be nice to get her a special easel so that she could paint while she was in bed laying down. And she spent most of her entire recovery just painting. Oh, that's a good way to recover. I, I feel like <laughs> maybe yeah. mentally, definitely. Yeah. And it's also noted that this was like the main point in her life where she was like, okay, this is it. I want to be a painter. So after that happened, uh, she had to recover, so she kind of had to drop out of school, couldn't really go because she had so many medical issues, and it just wasn't uh, ideal for her to be, you know, in school for medicine anymore. Mm -hmm. So she just kind of took to painting because she found that while she was recovering, it was something she really liked and really enjoyed. So then... Uh, the year following, her boyfriend, Alejandro, the one from the bus, suspected her of cheating before the accident happened, and he leaves her. Okay, that's all right. I don't think that's... Uh... Did he Did he just want to leave her because she was bedridden? I, that's my best guess. I think he's wrong. <laughs> I, I couldn't find anything about that, but I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's possible that she did cheat, but... Um... Yeah, I couldn't find anything that confirmed or denied it. Um, I know that she did paint him something to try and get him back, and he Aww. was not interested in getting back with her. Um, but yeah, so after her recovery, she's up and walking around again. She decides to go see the mural painter that she met at the school, uh, Diego Rivera, in um, because he was painting a mural in Mexico City. And she... Yeah, she asks him for a critique of her work because she was trying to be a serious painter and she wanted to know, hey, can I support my family by doing this? Is this something that you think that I'm talented enough to do? So um, she showed him uh, her best painting and he decided that he really liked her work and he wants to see more. So he actually ends up going to her house, her family's house, and looking for for more or oh. looking at more of her work. Dang, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, this is also when uh, she, you know, stops going to school, moves away from studying and towards painting. 
So her and Diego actually become very close after this point. He's helping her a lot in her art career. Um, and she is very influenced by Diego's political murals. Um, so he's a muralist, a mural painter. Um, and since they're close, both of them, well, he, he was actually already a member of the party, but she actually joins the Mexican Communist Party. Oh. And yeah, she was a communist. Uh, she identified as a communist. I, I didn't know that, but yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting little fact that I, I just had no clue. Um, but her and Diego were expelled from the Mexican Communist Party about a year later for opposing some of Stalin's views. But she always considered herself to, to be a communist. And she was always in support of the Communist Party, regardless of whether she was actually a member of the party or not. Then in on August 21st, 1929, Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera got married. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Diego was 42. Uh, he was six foot one and weighed 300 pounds. 300 pounds? He was a big man. He was six one. I guess so, yeah. I always forget men like way more than women. <laughs> it's so weird of me to think. Like he's really tall too. You have to like he's a six one. He's a he's a big spooky man. Like <laughs> three hundred pounds is it's a little thickums, but it's not like I don't even think that would be considered overweight at six cute. six one. Yeah. yeah, it's probably all like muscle from <laughs> all those murals. That's uh, true. Yeah, you got to be fit to to be doing the murals yeah i've painted murals before and my arms are always so sore oh. <laughs> uh but yeah so diego was 42 at the time of their marriage frida Kahlo was 22 so there was a 20 year age gap there mm -hmm. uh she was five foot three and weighed 98 pounds so like one diego equals three fridas wow she's a little thing yeah she was teeny <laughs> it probably didn't help that she was in constant pain. She probably never wanted to eat. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to eat either if I had that many, like, medical issues. I would just, like, uh, I don't even know. Yeah. But uh, her dad approved of the marriage because, you know, his mindset was, this man is a famous artist. He's a famous painter. He makes a lot of money, and he can he can take care of my daughter and provide her with the medical needs that she has for sure um yeah so she he and uh this is also something that i didn't mention earlier she was like a daddy's girl her father obviously she was the favorite out of you know he had three daughters frida mm -hmm. had two sisters and frida was always the favorite and you know she always wanted to impress her dad so it's kind of important that uh her father approved of the marriage but her friends did not approve of the marriage. They thought that Frida was just trying to get her art career up and going by marrying Diego. And they didn't think that they were actually in love. They just thought, oh man, he, she is using this man. She does not like this 40-year-old. <laughs> nope. All her friends thought that it was not. Interesting. Yeah, they did not approve. Huh. Then in 1932, her and Diego moved to Detroit. And Frida works on what I think are her most prolific series of works um, in Detroit. So she actually suffers a mis miscarriage at this time. 
and uh, she painted it. Um, so I think that works from this period really illustrated like all the pain and everything that she happened to be going through um, was illustrated uh, in, in her work. So uh, my, in my opinion, her most no notable painting, not, not only just from this time period, but in my opinion ever is uh, Henry Ford Hospital. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like a, a floating hospital bed and yeah. the sheets are white and she's naked on the bed and she's like laying in, in a, like a pool of her own blood. And there's like an umbilical cord and a floating fetus. And there's yeah, a bunch of a weird, it's a weird picture. It's a weird painting. It, it gives you a very, ugh, you know, like a yeah. very like uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Like uncomfy uneasy yeah yeah you can definitely feel the offness yeah for sure she uh oh yeah it's a it's a chilling painting um if you haven't seen it i would definitely uh recommend looking it up um not only is there the floating fetus, there's obviously like on the floor beside the bed there's um like a pelvis or something like some type of anatomy thing. And it's supposed to symbolize like, of course, the accident that probably made her infertile. And there's a mm. lot of, of symbolism in that work that it's just, it's chilling. It really is like genuinely a very chilling painting. Yeah. But yeah, after that in 19, from 1933 to 1934, uh, Frito and Diego moved back to Mexico. And um what they do is they actually build two separate houses for each of them, which interesting. Yeah. It's weird uh, for a married couple to do something like that, but Frida and, and Diego definitely didn't have the, the perfect marriage. Um, there was always like infidelity issues on both ends. Oh. Frida was always, she was always messing around with other people. He was always messing around with other people. Frida notably was like upset by it. And of course, Diego was upset by it too, but they both continued to do it throughout like their whole marriage. So. Okay. So maybe she did cheat on her first boyfriend. Yeah. Maybe she did after hearing this. It's like, what? What's going on? Arrangement? Yeah. When I first read it for sure, I was like, yeah, I can't believe he would accuse her of something like that. And then I got to this guy and I went, oh, maybe she did. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> So when they move back to Mexico, they build two separate houses. Um, well, actually, they have them built. They didn't build the house. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they had someone design it, like, specifically for them. And so these two houses were both studio houses. So it was not only, like, their living space, but it also, like, housed both of their studios where they produced most of their work. Hmm. And in between the two separate houses, there was a bridge connecting them. Oh, so super weird. Yeah, so they didn't really live together, but they kind of lived together because the buildings were connected. But huh. yeah, you uh, you should definitely look up the, the house if you ever get the chance of um, Frida and Diego. It's like these two like big rectangular buildings. And then at the very top, there's like a bridge connecting the like house part. That's so weird. Yeah, it is odd, but they had a very like... A, a really weird marriage in my opinion yeah. like yeah she I don't know they they had like a very interesting relationship yeah um 
and a lot of people, I mean, definitely thought that it was not the best, but I mean, they've been together a lot longer than a lot of her friends thought they would be so far. I mean, it's already been like, what, like almost about five years. Um, so moving on to 1937, um, Leon Trotsky. Uh, Leon Trotsky is a Russian political theorist and a communist politician. Um, him and his wife actually come to stay with Diego and Frida in Mexico. So um, I think I mentioned this a little bit before, but Diego, um, a lot of his murals were very political and he was a communist. So a lot of people, they they upset a lot of people, but the communists were like, brava they were like <laughs> amazing beautiful yeah. so uh leon Tro uh leon trotsky and his wife uh stayed with diego and frida in mexico um so that's pretty cool yeah. except for uh when you get to the part where frida and leon have an affair during this time and it's not even like oh it's a shh, shh don't tell anyone but shh, me and leon it wasn't like that. It was just like, oh, everyone can know about it, I guess. I don't really care. Diego kind of wow. sucks. Yeah. And like, it kind of like really, you know, made Diego really like, hey, why, why'd you do this? That's not nice. And Frida was like, you cheat on me all the time. What the heck? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so uh, the affair was actually said to have inspired Frida to paint a lot. And she dedicated several self-portraits to Leon. Okay, 1937 is also the year that Frida's alcoholism uh, became prevalent, prevalent to uh, Frida's friends and, and family. So uh, they were starting to see how she was becoming reliant on alcohol. But I, I can't even really blame her for that because, you know, this was 1937. Pain meds were probably not so great as they are now. And mm -hmm. she... Was, uh, like keep in mind this whole time she's in agonizing pain from that accident even yeah. still years later so that's got to be so tough yeah I can't even I can't even imagine like it's it's so sad like her uh her whole life is so sad <laughs> especially the beginning like I just can't <sighs> yeah uh, this one is interesting. So a little bit later on September 23rd in 1937, Frida actually had her very first exhibition in Mexico. So she had paintings in her very first exhibition that was, you know, where she was from. Yeah. And she was super excited about this. She had never, you know, had paintings anywhere in her hometown, like where she's from. So she was super excited but approaching the date of the the opening night of, of the exhibition, uh, Frida became very ill. Um, I think they said that she had like bronchitis or some type of chest bronchitis-y, pneumonia-y type thing. And uh, her doctor came to see her and he insisted that she could not get out of bed for her exhibit. Oh no! She missed it? What the heck? No, she called an ambulance and had them put her bed in the ambulance and take her to the exhibit in her bed. For real? Yeah, that's not even a joke. She actually, she really did. Oh my that. God. What a woman. She had like an ambulance, like a truck ambulance come 
and they lifted her bed into the ambulance and then they brought her out in the exhibition in her wow. bed. And the and um there's a great scene. So in the movie Frida, um they show it at like an incorrect time in the movie. It actually it happened earlier in her life like when I said in 1937, but they show it at the end of the movie Frida. There's this the great scene where they bring her bed in and it's just like a bunch of men carrying her in her bed and like they set her down and the doctor is at the exhibition and she's like well doc i did what you told me i didn't leave my bed oh my god yeah and then they like have a drink together and it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a great little scene i loved it i thought it was great that's so cool yeah i i would highly recommend that movie uh it's not completely accurate but it's also not not accurate either there's a lot of things that that they stay true to the order is a little bit off though um but yeah so then in 1938 she travels to new york for her very first one person gallery so it's not her work along with other people's works it's it's just her own gallery and uh this is like she she went by herself. She didn't bring Diego. She just, she went to New York and she really established herself as an artist. She was no longer known as just the wife of Diego Rivera. She actually was finally starting to make a name for herself as a painter instead of just kind of living in her husband's shadow. So I mm -hmm. thought that was like really, really yeah. cool. And nobody really remembers Diego. Everyone, everyone remembers Frida. Exactly. Frida was the move. Frida yeah. ended up. Yeah, I've never. I did had never heard of Diego until this. Um, we could do an episode on him too, though. Like he was a very prolific painter at, at the time. I just he's just not as like. I think his life story wasn't as as interesting as Frida's because obviously, like we're going through Frida's life right now, right? Yeah, and she has just like such this string of just horrible things happen to her so early on as a kid mm -hmm. like her first bout of polio was at six years old you don't even know what's going on when you're six no. and then you know like a little over what 10 12 years later she gets in a horrible bus accident that like leaves her body just like completely crippled i mean I don't know why more people don't know about that. I mean, her her paintings are very chilling and I understand why they're so famous, but I don't know why more people don't talk about, you know, all of the things that she went through in in her childhood and as a as a young adult because I just think, you know, it's it's crazy to me how somebody can have so many things happen to them. And like, of course, people talk about their paintings and like, yes, they're very chilling, but they're chilling for a reason. Like she she yeah. went through it like, man, like I I just that's why I, the main reason why I wanted to do this episode so badly, because she just has this like crazy life that I feel not a lot of people know about. They just know, oh, yeah, the mustache and the and the unibrow. Mm hmm. Yeah, I know. I already know what you're talking about. They don't really know, like, oh, man, like, Frida was this poor, tortured soul that, like, and that's another thing I want to bring up, too, is, is you know, Picasso, he tortured other people and painted them. Frida painted herself because she was tortured. Yeah. That's, that, I think that's really important to bring up, and, and it's, like, definitely uh, a really good reflection of, of, 
both of the, their characters as artists, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so then in 1939, following her New York exhibition, she actually goes to live in Paris for a year. And this is where she befriends other famous artists such as Marcel Duchamp and Pablo Picasso. Oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't know they were friends. Uh, probably just like career friends, like yeah, pa- like painter friends the same just way. Painter acquaintances. Painter acquaintances. We work together. This is business. This is a business yeah. relationship type thing, you know? Yeah. But yeah, during this time, she also painted a lot of pretty prolific works as well. Uh, she painted the two Fridas. Um, oh, the one with the heart and the... Yes. Yeah, that's so, a good one. Yeah, so um, if you haven't seen the painting, it's two of her. There's two, and one of them is wearing like a white dress. And her heart, you can see that it's like exploded and there's like blood on the dress and like that one's obviously distressed and then the other frida is in like a very colorful traditional mexican gown and her heart is intact and i know that she when she was talking about this painting she said like this is like frida when she feels alone and this is frida when she is loved And I think that she painted that because that same year, her and Diego got a divorce. Um, So, yeah. Oh. In the movie, they make it apparent that, like, she was just screwing around in Paris, like, with a bunch of, you know, all the people, all the ladies, the men's, everybody. (laughs) So, uh, and Diego was just kind of like, yeah i don't know like like we don't have the best relationship i think we should get a divorce kind of thing and i mean they didn't have a good relationship but they were together for a pretty long time and you know frida was obviously like pretty hurt by it Mm -hmm. so i think that that painting is definitely something that was inspired by their divorce for sure yeah definitely yeah yeah so then the following year in 1940, Diego and Frida remarry. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, what happened? Our life is like a roller coaster. So what I read in my research was that Frida set conditions for their remarriage. So her conditions were that they couldn't have sex or combine finances. So she was like, we can't have sex together. We won't. We don't do that. No more. Nada. Uh, and I pay for myself, you pay for yourself, finances are separate. I pay my own way, you pay your own way. That that Those are my conditions. Wow. Yeah, so they got remarried. A very weird marriage. Yeah, why, why are they getting back together if it's not for the relationship's sake? Or for the money? I don't get it. They still love each other. They just, there are problems caused by those two things, I guess. I guess in Frida's yeah. mind, all their issues were caused by money and sex. So that makes she sense. Said, yeah. You know, if we if we, you know, take these away from the factor, then it's fine. And, you know, both of them already like the relationship was open in the sense that they knew that they were, you know, technically cheating on each mm-hmm. other. So I think that in her mind, if she removed these two things from their marriage, that they wouldn't have any problems anymore. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's just what I think, though. It's speculation. I didn't read that anywhere, and I'm not oh. reader, so I don't know. But I just yeah. think that that must have been what she was thinking, because why why set up conditions unless you're trying to avoid some kind of problem? You know what I mean? Yeah. So then uh, Frida returned to Mexico after the wedding, and Diego actually had to stay in the States uh, because he was suspected to have attempted to assassinate Trotsky, the the one that she had an affair with. Yeah, he was assassinated in 1940, and everybody thought Diego did it. Wow. Yeah, he was really upset about, you know, Frida cheating Mm -hmm. with Trotsky. So everybody thought that Diego did it, but um, I don't think he did. I think it was just suspected, and he, the, um, the Mexican government, and probably you know, in Russia and other places too, where, you know, Trotsky was prevalent. Um, They were looking for him to question him for the assassination of Trotsky. So uh, he actually just stayed in the United States um, to kind of avoid that whole thing. Um, But yeah. And then uh, in 1944, uh, Frida actually starts to you know, become really depressed. And like, I can see why her life has been absolutely crazy. I can't even imagine being a painter in this time period, let alone being a painter that is, you know, in agonizing pain all the time and has this really troubling past. And also like a woman, she's, you know, one of the main, like female artists that comes to mind when you think of female artists, you know? Yeah, definitely. I I can't even imagine the pressure that was on her while the entire time, you know, she was having a lot of health issues and she wasn't. Yeah. In 1944, uh, as she's becoming depressed, as kind of like a way to cope, she starts keeping a diary. And she uses this diary to like explain her feelings. And she actually goes into detail explaining a lot of her paintings and a lot of the symbolism in her paintings through text. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, she kept the diary for 10 years, and this is actually how we know a lot of the the meanings behind a lot of her paintings and what was going on in her head while she painted them, uh, is because she kept this diary for 10 years. Um, Yeah, and then in 1954, uh, one of her very last diary entries was, quote, I hope the exit is joyful, and I hope to never return. Wow, very profound. Yeah, so that was one of her very last uh, entries days before she passed away. Um, Her official cause of death is a pulmonary embolism. Um, But a lot of people suspected for, you know, obvious reasons. You just wrote in your diary, I hope the exit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's very... uh, sounds like you're about to kill yourself kind of mm-hmm. diary entry yeah um yeah a lot of people suspected that um her death may have been suicide by overdose um and that's what caused the pulmonary embolism but there was no autopsy or anything like that performed she was in a lot of pain and people were just kind of like okay let's grieve and move on because you know she's in a better place and yeah she you know was in a lot of pain and went through a lot of trauma and now you know we don't have to worry about her anymore Mm -hmm. so uh following her death or like right following up to her death 
Uh, she had actually been extremely ill. So she was actually, when she died, keep in mind, she was very young. She was only 47. Oh, wow. Yeah, she had been very ill throughout the, the whole previous year. Um, she, uh, it's noted that she had gangrene in that leg, that right leg. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so um, they had to cu- cut off her toes, like, somewhere, like, previously. And then the year before her death, uh, her her right leg from the knee down had to be amputated because, you know, she had gangrene and it mm-hmm. just got out of hand and they just had to amputate her entire leg. Um, and then... Yeah. She also had a bout of ammonia, so she was, you know, really frail. She was in a lot of pain, and a lot of people suspect that her death was a suicide. I tend to probably lean towards, yeah, it sounds like it was probably on purpose. She she sounds like she was in a lot of pain, and she just wanted to get it over with. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the life of, of Frida Kahlo. Do you, do you have any, any thoughts? Um, thoughts concerns questions (laughs) anything like that um because I think her life was just man I I can't even imagine going through that much trauma like I can't (laughs) like yeah no kidding that's yeah it, it her life really was just an emotional roller coaster for her I think yeah it yeah just like tragedy after tragedy and then yeah, but her her artwork is beautiful, so it's it's so hard, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think she definitely like without even realizing it by making art for herself about herself about you know her tragedy and her her life and things that she's been through. I think she's definitely over the course of her life helped a lot of people and definitely been an inspiration to a lot of a lot of women artists especially because you know there there weren't a lot back then and and there's yeah. still there's still not a, a lot now. I mean there's there's definitely a lot more but uh in in terms of like famous artists you mostly do see white men um in in the art industry like the modern art industry with commercial stuff so i think that you know i mean it's so sad and tragic and like just to think that like had that tr- that you know bus accident with the tram had never happened uh we probably wouldn't even know frida today we would see probably drawings in medical textbooks and that's probably the only thing that she would be known for but she wouldn't be like a household name like she is today so for sure. I just think that her life was really interesting and it's very sad, but uh, there was a lot of amazing art come out of it. And, you know, she was a very talented woman, especially given like that her self portraits were not even like they made her just not look worse, but they definitely highlighted and accentuated her flaws. And I don't know if she did that as like a coping mechanism or if she genuinely had like body dysmorphia and saw herself that way. Um, I don't know. Yeah. A small part of me looking at those self-portraits, I always wondered if she was like more proud of those features, but I, I, I never really knew, you know, yeah, uh, I, I wish I could have found something about that. Maybe she specifies somewhere. Um, but from what I've read, it just seems that, like, that's just how she saw herself. And, you know, a lot of people do say, like, she had body dysmorphia. 
But again, like she also, it could just be that she's proud of those features because in a lot of her paintings, you know, she wore the the big Mexican dresses and like yeah. bright colors and like the extravagant costumes and, yeah. you know, she, she did all that stuff. So maybe, you know, like her unibrow and like her mustache and like having like facial hair for a woman maybe might be like her way of accentuating something that she liked about herself i yeah i have no clue because if you think about like her her leg and her foot that were kind of crippled from polio she tried to hide that so it really makes you wonder if like maybe she was proud of it that's a really interesting thought that i had never really thought of before but um from what i've read a lot of people seem to think it's body dysmorphia but you might be right it might be like a feature that she's really proud of okay i was just gonna say she like for the amount of self-portraits that she painted like it it seems like she she had like some kind of self-inflection some kind of like uh, not inflection but self-reflection um and that's why i always thought she was just super proud of the way and she's super beautiful she's a beautiful woman and her portraits definitely show that. <laughs> yeah, she she definitely is. Um, she she's something else. Like we are lucky to live in a world where, you know, she's she you know has all this amazing artwork. And I agree that that we're able to see it. I just think it's it's awesome. It's great. She's an amazing, really really talented person. And yeah. it just, I feel horrible that, that her life was as, you know, tragic as it was, but had it not, we probably, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have any of her art. We wouldn't be talking about her right now. We'd be talking about somebody else. We'd be talking about Diego Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I think that wraps things up. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Awesome. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.